Welcome to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Rees. Our guest this week is Enon Zur. You might know Enon from games like Fallout 3 and Fallout New Vegas. He also did both Dragon Age games. But his music for Lord of the Rings War in the North is so good that I wanted there to be much more than there was. Enon had an opportunity to do something this year that nobody had ever done before. He got to conduct this soundtrack live at E3 with the Los Angeles Philharmonic. And then when it came time to record, he got to record at Abbey Road with the Philharmonia. Thank you for being here. It's just such a pleasure to speak with you again. And thank you for having me. That's a really huge pleasure and honor to be hosted again. Oh, good. Now, Enon, this is some of the most thoughtful and well-constructed combat music I've heard. There's a lot of combat music on this uh, on the original soundtrack disc. And it sounds like you put just an incredible amount of work into constructing this music. So can you talk about your approach to writing music for this uh, Lord of the Rings War in the North game? Sure. I mean, here is the deal with combat. In usual, it's very, very challenging to begin with because um, there are so many things involved sound-wise. Um, uh, you know, all the hollers, um, hits, explosions, whatever. Mm-hmm. And the music should find its way somehow through that. And one of the thought that I had was actually to divide the music into two major aspects. One is the rhythmical one. So the player will have sort of like this, you know, fast heartbeat that is just going on and on and on, basically keeping the rhythm with him. And then there are the long calls, I call it, um, the long horn melodies that they're almost like a battle cry. And when you put these things together, um, it's really effective because when the sound effects for a moment are dying down and they're not so much happening, then you could really pay attention to the rhythm. But when all the sound effects are full on, you still hear these long melodic battle cries. And this is basically what keeps you going as far as the dramatic and emotional elements. So uh, this is the way I thought, and I, I hope it worked well, but you know, you gotta play the game to, you know, to see if it works. You brought up the horns uh, and and these battle cries. You wrote some really difficult music for the horn players, and they just played the heck out of it. Well, you know, I mean, when you go to one of the best orchestras in the world, you can expect a lot. And apparently they've exceeded my expectations by far. Um, The London Philharmonia is just an amazing orchestra. Mm -hmm. It's the first time, of course, that they see this music. So not only they read the music perfectly in the first time, I'm sure. but in the second and the third time, which probably was the most we, we needed, actually, they've inserted, uh, you know, the right amount of drama and feel 
into it. And, you know, I was conducting in one hand, but then also indulging in the other <laughs> hand because they had their own interpretation almost to my music, you mm -hmm. know, without me really telling them anything, just the way that they felt about it. You know, it was beyond great as far as the experience. Uh, just out of curiosity, did you get any feedback from the players? It's interesting because um, it's the first time I'm working with Brits, you know, and, <laughs> and you know, they're different animals. And I'm, well, I'm Israeli, yes. you know, but I'm here for the past 21 years. So I sort of like grew to know and to love and to be connected to, you know, American feel. Mm -hmm. And so I'm coming there more like an American. Mm -hmm. So in the beginning, I mean, unlike other orchestras, just to begin with, they looked at me very suspiciously. <laughs> and they were not very warm in the beginning. They just minded their own business and acted naturally, mm -hmm. which is uh, suspiciously. So I started, but it was amazing to see how slowly throughout the day, and we had, um, I think, two or three days of recording, uh, they sort of like the, the, the bonding and the connection started to happening like piece after piece. And I think that in the very same day in the afternoon, I started to see smiles. <laughs> and in the end of the session, suddenly it was almost like, wow. I mean, the, the room really felt like a few degrees warmer. <laughs> now the next day when we came, they already sort of like plunged in with full enthusiasm and after the last note was played and I said thank you that was great I got really round of applause and mm -hmm. I think it, it was maybe except of the birth of my sons uh, <laughs> the moment it was pretty much one of the highlights of my life because standing there in Abbey Road and having 70-piece orchestra of the greatest players in the world applauding you, the little villager from Israel. For me, it meant a lot, and, you know, I pretty much the, the eye was wet a little. what they must have felt like playing this music. I, I, you know, something that I encounter almost on a daily basis is, you know, professional classical musicians dealing with video game music and how their thoughts are on it. But listening to what you wrote for this game, it would not surprise me one bit that the players of the London Philharmonia would be that thrilled to have performed on that. I mean, it's just so well done, Enon. And I'm not saying that because I like you. I'm saying that because I'm a musician. Well, you know, believe it or not, it means a lot. You have, you have to understand, you know, I'm here standing talking to you and sound all confident, but believe me, <laughs> it's not even a bit of this. Everything I'm writing, I'm thinking to myself, well, do you think they like it? Is it good? I'm not sure. Um, the confident not only that it's not building throughout the years, is even maybe shrinking. Because every time you achieve something, then comes the what if, what if 
I won't be able to to do it next time. And is that really me? So I must say that every time I'm getting a compliment or everything, it's a least expected thing and something that I never really ever take for granted. Well, let's talk about some of the things that specifically jumped out to me as I was listening to your music for the Lord of the Rings game. Um, the very first track on on the original soundtrack album, it's called Echoes of Angmar. Mm-hmm. And the strings come in toward the end with this rhythmic pattern that starts to build and it's kind of dun 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 and it's right. just very intricately written and suspenseful. And that is has become one of my favorite moments. Uh, I, I love what you did with the strings there and the harmonies. Using um, actually multiple rhythms is something that I love to do because you could let the strings play a pattern, like a rhythmical pattern, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to three, four, and six, eight, and you know it as a musician. Uh, the way to divide it is, you know, it can vary. It's not like four, four. So you could have accents, uh, you know, on basically every beat, and you could have accents on other places that you don't expect, but still it sounds like something that makes sense, but in a total different way. Yes. Now, the the, the good thing about it, that when um, this piece is being repeated over and over throughout the game, again, it doesn't sound that repetitive, mm-hmm. because there's always like rhythmical surprises. say this is one of the thing and I'll be very honest that I'm not crazy about when it comes to computer game the fact that music is covering actually a really small part of the game and needs to loop this is something that we as the you know creative people for music for games we were fighting for this since I remember myself from the first game Klingon Academy <laughs> and it was like what 15 16 years ago mm-hmm. and computers were not even close to what we have right now right. but still this is something that we're fighting it, it's a day-to-day fight how would you create music that will be there maybe all the time or most of the time, but still won't sound repetitive. And I could go on and on about techniques, but mm-hmm. this is basically the biggest challenge. And I'm sure there are times in the music where multiple tracks of yours are layering. Is that the case in Lord of the Rings? This um, game, uh, we used a different technique. We used variations. And the variations basically is taking the same cue and playing it in a different intensities and different orchestrations and different uh, rhythmical and, and um, percussions intensity. Okay. Let's say that you're writing an ambient piece for that lasts maybe um, 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And it has a certain tempo, a certain chord progression, certain peaks and valleys and everything. Then you take this piece and then you bring it up a notch 
or few notches. Mm -hmm. And this is like the medium. So you add a little bit more percussions. Your rhythm that was based on quarter notes will start to vary to eight notes and, you know, sometimes triplets. The volume goes up. Maybe you introduce some new instruments. And this is the mid-level. And then the C, or what we called, or... Um, the high level is the highest intensity. So again, you take the very, very, very same structure mm -hmm. and you just explode with this. Everything that used to be eight notes, now it's 16 <laughs> and it's trumpets and horns and the biggest drums and it's very fast and exciting. Mm -hmm. But if you break it down, you will see that it's a very, very same music and just in a different orchestration. Now, the, the advantage with this is, let's say that you start and you're entering and there is one orc or ghoul that is jumping on you, then you start to play variation A, which is the lowest one. Mm -hmm. Some guys are joining, the battle is getting developed, and then you could just weave in variation B and it wouldn't clash at all because these are timed. So when you jump, it's yeah. like shifting from first gear to second gear, mm -hmm. but the car keeps on going. Interesting. You feel that the intensity goes up, but it's not like eh, screeching halt, <laughs> and boom, right. start something. Else. And same thing with variation C. And you could just go up and down whenever you want because these are timed and synced. Wow. So you could go from A to C suddenly, then go back to A, jump to B, jump to C, all kind of variations in a very short time. Mm -hmm. And they're just basically weaving in and out seamlessly. Yeah. Wow. That's that's really fantastic. I'm excited to hear that, how that, how that manifests itself in the game. That must be very seamless. It is. It is. This is one of the methods that really working well for long battles. Yes. Um, and Lord of the Rings, you will have to fight a lot. There's a clarinet solo that I love because I, I honestly, how many years have I been listening to game soundtracks and how many clarinet <laughs> solos have I heard? And it was just so awesome to hear that. Is that in the footsteps of Kings? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, and you know what? I mean, it just has a clarity and, and I actually switched between a clarinet and a, and a high bassoon. Those instruments, since it's sort of like mid-range, um, so imagine like a man singing in the range of alto. Mm-hmm, yeah, uh, yeah. W woman. So you get this like weird feeling that it's, it's like a darker and more lyrical and melodical instrument that comes from a darker place and goes up. So it has this stress in it but yet it it's still within the range and i really thought that it's going to bring 
you know, this sort of like sorrow and, and suffering a little bit with this um, or sadness. Well, yes, you're speaking about, you know, pushing the bassoon to the top of its range, right? Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that that brings out such, such awkward sounds, but such beautiful sounds. I mean, this is, of course, you and I know that this is what Stravinsky did at the very beginning of the Rite of Spring is that he pushed that bassoon to the top of its range and it shocked people, but it's such a beautiful sound. It's beautiful, but it also it almost hurt. To, yeah, it hurts to hear it. It's yeah. like it's really something that, you know, we used. It's like hearing a man singing in a very high mm-hmm. voice. There mm-hmm. is something that is really hurting. <laughs> you know, thinking about it. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, I did love that moment. I think it's just such a breath of fresh air to hear those those instruments highlighted in the game soundtrack. Just thank you so much, and thank there. you for for noticing it. I mean, I don't think many people did frankly. The track uh, not too long after that that appears on the on the soundtrack, Halls of Valor, you got to mm-hmm. take a step back from combat and write what essentially sounds kind of like a lamentation. Well, there is a place there that they're arriving and it's we call it like aftermath and usually aftermath is bad (laughs) Um, (laughs) you know aftermath is never really good in these games Mm -hmm. and you just walk in in places and you see a lot of dead soldiers and some turned apart orcs and there's just a lot of blood and gore and but the whole atmosphere there is well it was bad (laughs) but it'll get worse (laughs) <laughs> so, so and welcome um, to the Lord of the Rings, right? <laughs> ex- exactly, you know. <laughs> Basically, I really tried to to play the emotion that the player is walking into this place and from one hand he knows what he sees and mm-hmm. what he sees is after the battle, but what he also knows and he needs to know that this is just the beginning. And, you know, there are going to be more and more waves of bad guys at him. Um, So there's nothing really fun about it. And I tried really to portray it with, with this cue. It's very, very beautiful cue and such lush writing. It, it actually made me kind of think of uh, Sibelius in a way, just that very full. Uh, and lush. and I, actually, I think it's a great uh, point to bring him because he was Nordian also. And, you know, where mm-hmm. he came from, like Grieg, for example, I mean, these guys came from the north. Yep. And if you've noticed, it's the music just has like total different quality mm-hmm. and they use the same notes and same harmonies and everything but if you will compare them with with uh, you know german you know and mid midwest european uh, mm-hmm. composers that lived at the same time it's just not the same no. it has this like cold quality 
that you know made made me really I mean it's really inspiring when you mm -hmm. think about Lord of the Rings. opportunity to perform music from the game live at E3 this year with, again, one of the best orchestras in the country. This was the L.A. Philharmonic that you performed with. That's true. Talk about that experience. Well, you know, I was really sweating. In <laughs> fact, I had to um, switch about two or three, you know, shirts. <laughs> it was just really sticky situation, you know. <laughs> And it wasn't that hot. I was yeah. really nervous. You know, yeah. I mean, I, I must say that I am not a professional conductor by any means. Um, mm. I love to conduct my work because I think that as a composer, um, I maybe could bring, especially in the very limited time that I usually have with an orchestra, I could bring, uh, you know, the most emotion and, you know, elements into the music. However, performing, it's a totally different animal. And I never did it in my whole life. It was the first time. Oh, that was the that, first um, time you've conducted in front time of an I audience. Conducted. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes, wow. That's what I said, too. Uh, well, I, I said actually something else, but, I, you know, I mean, we're like rated uh, yeah. PG-13 here, so, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not really ready to say that. Um, but, um, you, you know, I mean, it was really tense, exhilarating um, uh, moment, um, had a lot of beauties to it and a lot of tension to it. What can I say? It's, you know, I mean, before I knew it, it was over. Right, and you probably couldn't remember how the performance went then if you were that nervous. No, <laughs> no. achieve the purpose of the whole thing, which it brought the awareness of two things. First, and that's for the developer and the publisher, it did bring the awareness for the game really up. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was basically performed in the middle of the convention center. So even you hated me and you hated music, <laughs> you had to go through there to get to the restrooms, you know, or to get to somewhere. Yes, it's just good. in the middle, stuck in the middle. So, But so many people, even if they're not like in the VIP area, stopped to listen and, you know, it was a big crowd. So okay. awareness of the game. Mm -hmm. But also, as far as I concern, brought up again the awareness for music, orchestral music for young people. And I cannot stress enough how important I think for young people to be exposed to music that is orchestral, music that is more complicated, intricate, and not just like four on the floor. And not that I have anything against pop, mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I love it, and I think it's very, very important because it's connected and connecting mm-hmm. to people and connecting between people, which is the most important thing that music could do. However, exposing yourself to this kind of music is really important to just broaden the language of young people mm-hmm. and just introduce them to to new areas and worlds that they never really were exposed. It doesn't matter that it's for game, for movie, or for mm-hmm. anything. Just the music itself, like just the sound itself, the sound of a cello, of a trumpet, of a French horn. It's something that some people, like half of my age or less, never heard in their life. Yeah. You know, especially live. And this is, for me, a huge achievement, and I have to tip my hat to Warner Brothers, especially the um, marketing at Warner Brothers, Tracy Williams and her gang. Amazing vision, amazing job, so much effort just, and, and I don't think that this will never pay off in practically, hmm. but this awareness to be a pioneer, this was the first time ever that live music in a concert was performed during E3. Wow. I think that, you know, they really, really deserve a lot of compliments. but I did get sucked into the movie. Oh, you're brave to admit it. I know, right? Yeah. I, You know, <laughs> I saw the movies a million times and grew up kind of knew, knowing the stories from, from just because, I mean, how can you not? But I love the series. One of my favorite games when I was playing PlayStation 2 was Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Right. So, you know, I've I've been through the gamut. I know how this goes. Right. Do you have a personal connection to Tolkien's trilogy? Well, you know, I mean, I must say that I did read the book, but not the books, but not in English, but it, in Hebrew. Oh, okay. And in fact, it, it it's just really put a big, big influence on me from a very young age. I read The Hobbit when I was probably 12 or 13. And right after this, I was so enchanted, came the, you know, the other three, they've um, translated it to Hebrew, and I read it, uh, you know, all the three books. And, you know, I, I must say that it's just opened a door for a whole world. I mean, mm-hmm. Middle Earth, Middle Earth is not a place, Middle Earth is a state of mind, basically. And, uh, you know, I think that the way Tolkien was really telling us the stories, it's a story, but it's also something of a way of thinking. And it inspired me a lot. There is just no doubt that these three or four books opened basically all 
the what we call dragon and Dungeons and Dragons style mm-hmm. around with sure. all the elements of orcs and dwarves and elves and basically I think it was one of the first time that it was invented and brought to the broad audience. Mm-hmm. Um, so it yes, it had a huge impact on me. So how did it feel then when you got offered a chance to write music for the game? Well, I could say that I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> work on this score, Ina? I think it was about a year and a half of development. And it's interesting how it came to be. Um, uh, Craig Duman, who worked with me 15 years ago on um, Icewind Dale 2, um, Baldur's Gate, and other, because he worked at this time um, as audio director at Interplay, he contacted me and said, look, we have a project. uh, We cannot tell you really about uh, what this project is. Um, but we really want to use the soundtrack for the movies on this project. Can you help us and, you know, advise us a little bit? And I Mm -hmm. said, you know, sure, no problems, no charge. And he sent me the music and I said, oh, okay, I got that. (laughs) (laughs) And so sign the NDA. All right, so I'm signing the NDA and I'm starting to tell him, look, I'm listening to this. And he said, okay, this goes in this area, this goes in this area, and this goes in this area. And I said, Mm -hmm. look, I love Shore's music. It's really amazing and effective during the movies. Mm -hmm. But think about it in the game. In the game they just didn't shine the way they did during the movies because it's just different. It's different tempo and it's different elements and just different way of looking at things when you are actually, you know, interacting. And I said to him, you know, would you like me maybe to write a piece a la Shore but that will be more targeted toward the game? And I said, "Eh, you know whatever, write something. Mm -hmm. So I did, and he said, okay, it sounds pretty good. And I told him, all right, so now put it in the game and let's try to play with this. And he did. He said, okay, I think I know. So maybe this area will replace this cue with your cue. (laughs) Um, Well, year after, um, basically, there's nothing from Shore there at all. Um, Because... (laughs) And again, this is Howard you know, Shore, the guy who wrote the the music for the films. Yes, Howard exactly. Shore. Mm-hmm. And I think that again, the work that he did for the movies was amazing. Yes, you know, I mean, I and I'm a composer. I know to appreciate, you know, a music that works great. And he won like two or three Oscars for that. Mm-hmm. And there is a good reason why. Yes, you know, it's not only so much about the music, but also the way the music is working in the film. Correct. Unfortunately, in the game, it's just different. You know, a game is a different place. A year later, uh, there was basically only my music. 
I did take notes from Shore. I did follow his footsteps in many ways, um, mm -hmm. but I did also insert uh, of my own taste. Yes. And more than this, I, I you know I made it sort of like um, uh, you know constructed to be played in a, a video game. The score is so totally Enon. The only thing that made me, I guess, harken back to the the movies was a lot of the low brass and the and the full horn section. And I never felt like, okay, here Enon is trying to replicate what someone else did. I never felt that way. You know what? Thank you first to that you're saying it because mm -hmm. it, it means a lot again. And no, I did not try to replicate. I right. tried to take the um, spirit of the music. Exactly. And sort of like transform it into what I write. So I believe I kept the spirit, um, you know, of what he was meaning to say, but just in a different way. It was never meant. I think that the best compliment probably that I got for, for it was, well, it didn't sound at all like Shore, but it totally felt like Middle Earth. And to me, you know, this is, uh, this is the most important thing mm -hmm. because when I'm writing music, I don't try, I, I never really try that as the first thing that it'll be beautiful. It needs to serve the purpose of the project. And this was the, the, the purpose. Mm -hmm. So if I achieve that, then my job is done. think so. <laughs> I guess mostly what I want to know is that you are working on something. I don't need to know what it is. I just want to know that I'll get to hear your music again soon. <laughs> Rest assured. Thank you again for the vote of confidence. And uh, if you will want it or no, you will. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Enon. It was, as always, just so nice to chat with you. And I'm just so happy for this music that you wrote. It's I really, really enjoy it. This will be one that I'll be listening to for a very long time. Thank you so much. Again, means a lot. <laughs> a lot. You've been listening to Top Score from Classical Minnesota Public Radio. I'm Emily Reese. Our technical director is Sam Keenan. And we had additional technical and emotional support from Jenny Lubke. Our next show is as of yet undetermined, but hey, we're doing a giveaway. I have three copies of the Xbox game to Lord of the Rings War in the North and three copies of the soundtrack. So to learn about the rules, go to classicalmpr.org slash topscore. You can follow us on Twitter and Tumblr at Top Score Podcast. My few um, opportunities to share my experience, to actually get connected to people and to tell them thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for 
you know, being there for me. Thank you for all your emails. Unfortunately, there are so many of them, so we, we never really have time to answer it all. But I know you're there, and it means the world to me that you're listening and that I can bring some kind of, I guess, color maybe to your life. It's my gift, basically, to know that. Music